Welcome to another edition of the Culture Class Podcast, a podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds and get to learn about other cultures. My name is Nusayeri, and today I have Tracy Michael on the podcast. Tracy and I actually met in a clubhouse room, right? I think that was a few months ago. And uh, she was actually supposed to come on the podcast like two weeks ago, but we're having like technical difficulties. So we had to reschedule. So I apologize for that. Uh, but Tracy, man, like we're, we're going to go deep today to talk about um, a condition that, you know, quite a number of people uh, suffer from, you know, all over the world, you know, cerebral palsy, uh, which Trace is going to do uh, kind of like a mini deep dive on. But man, just to talk about how we met, man, Tracy, like, have you ever tried, have you ever thought about trying for like stand up comedy or something? Because man, you were just coming with the hits back to back. She would just drop all these very funny punchlines in that clubhouse room and i was just laughing my ass off all the time how's it going tracy it's going good actually i don't even remember the clubhouse room that we met in and now you're talking about you know the jokes that i said sometimes i don't even plan what's gonna come out of my mouth you know? I, I, a, I definitely remember, man. It, it just goes to show that it probably is second nature for someone like you, but I definitely remember. I think it was like a startup and investment clubhouse room. And you just come with all these little snippets. Like while people are talking, you just throw in one or two, you know, subliminals and things and people will just laugh. But yeah, feel free to let those go during this episode as well. I, I'm sure our listeners will, will definitely appreciate it. Well, how's your day going so far? How, how's your week going? We're, we're recording this on the third. Thursday, and if I understand correctly, you're in Connecticut somewhere, somewhere on the East Coast? No, uh, yes, I'm on the East Coast. I'm in Massachusetts. My week is going great. I'm just, you know, trying to get used to being back home. I just came from a trip in Africa, so that was fun. And now I'm just getting ready for my semester. Nice, nice. You you went to a trip in Africa? What country did you go to? I went to Kenya and you know my my family is from there, so I'm a first journalist. Nice, nice. Like I've always wanted to go to Kenya and I know your parents are Kenyan. Uh it's it's always nice that you know you, you go to see like where you're from. Like I've never had the opportunity, but I've always loved to like I've heard about is it like the train ride from Nairobi to Mombasa or Mombasa to somewhere else? Like I forget, but yes, I hear about I, all these very cool things. Yes, I just I took the train ride actually my first time is so long. It's like five hours to get from Nairobi to Mombasa. Like it's huge, it's so nice in there. It's it's great. I'm happy that you know the country was able to build that train and get the economy better and stuff like that. Nice, nice. Okay, let, let's let's dive a little bit about uh, into your background. And and Tracy was born with uh, a condition called cerebral palsy, right? And, you know, um, it's, I wouldn't say it's very popular, but a lot of people kind of like know about this condition. And you've been, you know, actively raising awareness about, you know, your disability for, you know, the past seven to eight years. But before we talk about, you know, what you've been doing in 
in that sense, uh, let's talk about you growing up. Like, what are some of the things you remember kind of like growing up as a kid? And when did you come to realize that, oh, you might have a condition that might not necessarily make you, you know, do some of the things that little kids do, like go outside and play and all these things? Growing up, I was kind of aware of my condition because I used to get seizures. So, and then I used to go to the hospital because of how bad they were. I used to remember, you know, like the medicine I would take when it was in emergency. You have to have an injection when they're having the seizure to relax your muscles. So I remember those kind of things. I remember like going in the ambulance and stuff like that. And, you know, waking up, I was in the hospital. I just remember like, you know, not being able to go to the kid sleepovers or kid birthday parties because, you know, my mom knew I, I couldn't handle that phys- physically, but my condition has gotten better. And I don't have seizures anymore because of treatments. My hands open up, you know. Majority of the day, I'm independent. I just need help in the mornings, you know, and to do little stuff myself that I need help with other than that. I'm on my own independently. So yeah, it's gotten better over the years. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And, you know, definitely can only get better from here. As you know, science and technology kind of like advances, you know, with treatments like this. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, growing up and you couldn't like go to like birthday parties and, you know, and things like that. Other things that other people were doing. What are some of the specific activities that you, you kind of like miss like growing up? Like little things like, oh, you know, you always wanted to, I don't know, like watch TV, ride a bike or something like what? Well, or some of those things that maybe some of your other siblings or, or friends around you did that that you probably uh, craved for? Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't wait to make it. You know, just um, small, small, small things that kids could do. I, I couldn't learn how to sw- swim, you know. I think it really affected me more in my teenage life because you know, that's when you started to drive, you know, and I still, you know, I don't have my license. So I think as a kid, it really affected me socially when it came to making friends because I was different because, you know, people look at you weird when you're different instead of, you know, embracing that. Everyone is unique and special in their own way. And I think that really played a role in my confidence, so to speak. So, yeah. Wow, wow. And and did you live, I know you live in Massachusetts now, but did you live, did you grow up in Massachusetts? Yes, I, I, I was born and raised 
in Massachusetts being here, hopefully, you know, as an adult, maybe. I mean, I'm an adult, but, you know, older in the years, I would decide to relocate. Right, right. I mean, you're 21 or 22 now, I think, yeah, so you are an adult, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty much. Uh, um, gr growing up in somewhere like Massachusetts, right, it's not renowned, it's not known for being like one of the most diverse places in the U.S. And you talked about, you know, you wanted to do things that other kids did, you know, as a kid. Was that, was there, would you say with your condition growing up with CP, there was like an extra layer of difficulty given the fact that, you know, your parents are immigrants or from Africa or, you know, or you're Black and things like that. Did that also add to the, uh, you know, social anxiety or add to, you know, some of the confidence issue you might have experienced? or you feel like the majority of it was because of young kids not understanding a condition like this, your friends? I think, like, growing up, I would get more bullied than from Kenyan children. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, growing up, I grew up in, like, a small white university. Like, there was a little boy kid. I was the only black girl in my class. And, like, no one ever, like, bullied me straight to my face, you know? They were all very nice, maybe because it was the way the school was structured, but I believe it was because they were, they were genuine people. And, like... When I go to the Kenyan events, I go to church, the majority is Kenyan. You know, I, I would get bullied by other little girls my age. And, you know, they would say, you know, why you talk like that? Why do you walk like that? Like, those kind of things. So, for a while, like, I didn't know where to, like, fit in with people, you know, but in school, like, you know, in elementary, like, I had, like, be best friends, you know, I had one best friend, we used to have sleepovers together, she used to come over my house, and we would have a sleepover, so, like, those kind of things, so, it really just depends on, like, the mindset of the children, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand. And, you know, now that I think about it, you know, in Africa, you know, we haven't really... I don't know if it's as a result of our history or maybe just the environment or, or, or whatnot, but, you know, we haven't really done a good job about dealing with, you know, some of these conditions, you know, every little thing that happens to a young child, you know, a mother or a father takes that person straight to a church or a pastor, and they might say, you know, oh, he's being affected by one spirit somewhere. Meanwhile, it might just be a simple mental health condition that, you know, a therapist can, can talk them through. And even like conditions like cerebral palsy, you know, there, there might be some medical procedures that will make things better, like you said, your arms open up lately. But those are not things we're really used to, and maybe that's why we misunderstand understand, you know, conditions like this a lot in the African community, I would say. But, you know, how would you, before we go further, like, you know, so, some people know, you know, about cerebral palsy being like a brain disorder, you know, it affects mostly like mobility, you know, um, anyone that has CP, it's, it's difficult for that person to use like his, his, his notches or a natural like 
body motor functions and things like that but how would you kind of like someone who is living with this condition how would you describe like cerebral palsy to someone who hasn't heard about this condition before that's a good question that's also a loaded question it, it also depends if you have if you still have seizures or not you know if you still take medication or not because for me I no longer take medications because I was treated by Indian doctors who believe in holistic healing and all of those things so messages up so I haven't had one since I was 8 years old so that was like 13 years ago so now my condition is just you know in the way I walk in the way you know something they can do for myself the cook you know shower those stuff or I can shower but you know parts of getting ready it's you know it's still difficult for me so that's why I need help in those kind of things like I was able to come on the call by myself like um um you know text savvy I you know I type instead of right with the with the pen so you know going up it was hard when people were learning how to write in kindergarten and now I could do it but now since because of technology I can just type you know it's not weird anymore that I'm the only one with a computer because everyone has a computer now in class so you know like getting older it is like better when it comes to you know segregation and those kind of things nice nice and you're currently a student a college student right where did you where do you go to school and and how do you uh, sort of like uh, uh, manage in school does your school does do a good job in making accommodations for you as far as you know classes and exams and you know accessibility and things like that yeah so i um technically i'm going to be a four year student at Woodstock State University but i'm i'm not you know going to graduate at the end cuz you know i'm going to double major my two degrees are going to be in communal justice and psychology so but on campus I, i'm fully independent i go to class i get my ipad out you know if i can record a lecture i record i have another ipad that i use to take notes you know small little notes in class stuff like that i you know so i have the testing accommodation extra time because it i type but it, it takes me a while longer so i have extended time on exams like those kind of things so they are really helpful they really work for me you know i have had trouble with the accessibility 
office staff, which I'm very appreciative about. Nice, nice. And it just speaks to, you know, the African environment we're talking about, you know, when, when uh, the differences between, you know, some of these communities. Because I remember being a proctor uh, while I was in college. And a proctor, for those who are listening, is kind of like an exam invigilator. Like, you kind of like supervise people during an exam. I did that as part of one of the thousand jobs I did on campus to earn some money. And, you know, I would proctor, you know, people with all these various conditions. And, you know, they had to be a, a, the right setting. And like you said, extended time and things like that and we, we literally had to have like dividers for people you know to make them comfortable and, and make sure they were nowhere like near a clock so they won't like have that anxiety and just things to make them comfortable the educational system here i guess in the u.s is doing a better job to be more even though there's there's more to be done to do a better job to be more uh, uh diverse especially for people living with some of these conditions and you talked about studying like criminology and psychology that's a very interesting combination a double major like why why did you feel drawn to those two two courses and what do you feel like is in the future for you with with those two courses well it it all started back in high school like you know i, I don't to to assess people like what the what were they doing? What were they doing? What they were doing? Why they were behaving this and that way? And, you know, so originally I wanted to major in psych, but then, you know, I, I changed my mind and, you know, I chose criminal justice first because I took a, a class in high school called Modern milk and crime and I just loved how you know how they you know you can identify a criminal how they did what they did their behavior like their mindset you know and then like you know during the pandemic last semester I'm like no I'm just gonna get two degrees instead of one so I added the psychology I so yeah so now you know whenever I'm done I'll get two degrees and that's it for my education that's really impressive Tracy that's really impressive and you just taking the initiative like when you're in high school asking people why do they what do they do why do they do what they do and just to even know about something like criminology at that age is kind of like very interesting because when I was in high school I never thought to like I would observe people who I felt I admired and like try to find out from a distance but I never thought to like really talk to people which is something I I, I, I think I, I, I kind of lacked. And when I came to the U.S. and I would see people taking their teenage children while they're in high school to visit, like physically, go on road trips to visit campuses, to talk to people in different professions, to shadow intern people in different industries, I thought that I, I thought that was just an interesting way to like kind of like settle on the career because it gives you a sense of, oh, I think I might like this. You know, some people might just want to be a doctor, but they've never seen blood before and they don't know how it's like to be on, in an operating room. And, you know, you, you have all these doctors who fake and all that stuff. So um, it's really good that you took that initiative. If I can touch on technology real quick, you talked about how technology made it your easy 
you know, for you to kind of like live with the condition, especially when it comes to like education and things like that. You, you everyone types mm-hmm. on the computer now. I see your Instagram photos always on Flick. Like you, you post, you're active on Instagram. Obviously, we met on Clubhouse and things like that. It's just nice to see that you know there's some benefit of technology because people you know complain about technology how we're addicted to our phones. You know how we, we face the screen mm-hmm. every single day. But with people living with conditions like yours, I can imagine that you know things like Instagram like Clubhouse, like Uber, like really come into play when you're, you know, doing everyday things. Uh, Would you say that's the case, that technology has really made things easier for you? And are there any downsides to technology for someone living with um, CP? I feel that for me, like, okay, let's take it apart. So you mentioned, like, Instagram. Um, You know, sometimes, like, you can get really like self-conscious on Instagram and I can admit that I get self-conscious. I'm a human being, you know. But like I love Clubhouse because Clubhouse is a unique app. You can go on that app. You don't have to hear your voice after you speak, you know. Um, you know, it's it's worldwide, you know. You can speak your mind, you can resonate with people. That's why like I said I forgot where which room we met in because like when we met uh, I was doing a lot of um What's in the world? I was doing a lot of motivating rooms, like mental health rooms. So I was always speaking about mental health because it's, you know, it's one of my favorite subjects to discuss, you know? So, yeah, and, you know, TikTok, you know, I watch TikTok, like, you know, it's good to connect with people and yourselves and not, you know, compare yourself to others and speak your mind. I feel you. I feel you on that one. And I think the room we met in, if I remember correctly, was kind of like the startup, the startup club or something like that. Cause I'm I'm dabbling in startup myself. But usually a lot of people there, some people are funny, but you know, talk business and everything. But that day I went there, it was just, you know, back to back chocolate. Like, who's this lady? But it's interesting you say that, that you know, you know, like you said, you're human, like the like the rest of us. And you know, Instagram is is a is is a platform that kind of like a lot of fake things on there. A lot of people exude this kind of perfection that's not achievable with like edited pictures and I can imagine how that that can feel you know when you kind of like post pictures or write something might feel a little self-conscious but I'm happy that you know you found kind of like your place in Clubhouse please come back to you know some of the rooms and you know let's let's get busy and and, and sling these jokes I I always love it you know when when I encounter people like that You, you talk about you know, always advocating for mental health. And you, you've you also been raising aware, awareness for CP over the years. So let me ask you kind of like a twofold question. Like, why do you think it's, it's important for you kind of like at this stage as a college student, as someone who's going through, uh, you know, this condition and have all these other things to also add to your plate to start raising awareness and being an advocate for CP and mental health? And what are some of the ways you, you kind of like do that in your in your life? So to be to be honest, I I took a step back from advocating for safety. 
because I I got to a point where I didn't want to be known just for advocating for your disability. And I know that, like, you know, all, you know, some people with disabilities and they have high self-esteem, they get pressured to only advocate for their disability. And for me, I... I advocate for men's mental health because there was a time in my life where I dealt with depression, I dealt with loneliness, my my confidence was low, you know. So I advocate more for mental health because I understand, you know, the downside of not taking care of yourself mentally that makes sense that makes so much sense and i love the way like you don't you don't allow anything stop you whether that's like you know walking up to people to learn about your profession or adding a double major or not wanting to be defined by a condition and choosing to advocate for mental health like everyone goes through like mental health issues so i i guess that's a that's a somewhat of a more common phenomenon and it's just brave it's just interesting to see how brave this our current generation is about talking about issues like this our parents you know don't necessarily especially african parents they really oh. don't you know talk about oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah that, that one they can i can definitely have <laughs> a conversation <laughs> about that yeah, especially your your like dads, right? African dads, like you know, there's this thing that you're just built to be tough. You don't show love. You don't talk about mental health. You deal with it, and and you move you move along, right? So so that's re- that's really interesting. But but thank you, like for all you do, like you know, bringing these things to light. You know, if you weren't like if you didn't take the initiative to go on Clubhouse, we obviously wouldn't have met. Hopefully, with us meeting and putting this episode out there, you can connect with more people and spread this message about you know this stigma things like mental health be an inspiration to people uh, who might be living with like similar conditions and want to do things that you do like go to school or ride the train in Kenya all these different things Um, what do you kind of see in your near future kind of like maybe after you graduate like I know you're studying like psychology criminology it can be professionally or personally I know you want to move out of Massachusetts at some point but what do you kind of like see for yourself uh, in the near future? Um, after my degrees, I want to become a life coach and open up my own life coaching business. So, you know, I just want to help people out of, you know, their mindset, negative mindset, their depression, because I've been through there and it's tough to, to get all of it, you know, to to normalize, you know, having these conversations, you know, obviously, I'll always advocate for disability rights, but, you know, when it comes to mental health, that's where my heart and soul is, and, you know, people shouldn't be suffering in silence, and we should just support each other and, you know, love on each 
and support each other. Nice, nice. That's such an admirable goal. And, you know, that's kind of like a very good way to kind of like touch other people, right? Because you're directly impacting the lives of like people around. Like um, from what I understand about the life coaching industry, like the best way, well, not the best way to get into the industry, because I guess the best way to get into the industry is just to do it, right? But uh, a way I've seen mm-hmm. some of these people like Les Brown and, you know, all these other people to get into life coaching is kind of like mentoring under someone and they kind of like mentor under someone for a few months or years and then they go on to be their own thing are there people out there if you could put it out into the universe through this podcast they might be listening who you've always admired like life coaches out there like tony robbins or people like that who you've always admired that you'd love to work with for a few months before you eventually do your own thing uh who are those people um my my good friend I met him on Clubhouse is called Marcus Black, you know is Marcus Black? Yeah, he's a great guy. You know, inspirational speaker like coach, all those things I you know, inspired to be of course like names that you named like Trent Shelton, all of those. Um, you know, Tony Robbins I actually like, you know, bought program for him for mindset and building a course so I'm gonna go through it and you know finish it up but you know I think it's good for not only to have like a mentor but to know what you want for yourself because you know people can only help you so much if you don't help yourself. Facts. Facts, all facts, bars, all facts. Well, well, shout out to Mr. Marcus Black, wherever he is, and hopefully he's listening to this as well. Um, thank you so much, Tracy, like for being an inspiration for doing what you do in your journey, uh, in, in life. Uh, you know, I'll definitely keep in touch. I, I usually keep in touch with, with, with most of my guests. And if there's any way, like we can use our little platform, uh, you know, our social media pages, our podcast page, whatever, to amplify whatever it is you're doing, please just shoot me a message and we can make that happen uh before we wrap up the interview is there kind of like any last thing you want to say to to people who might just be learning about you know the gravity of mental health maybe there's an african parent watching this or even maybe haven't mm-hmm. hasn't heard about the condition of cp or anything at all if you want to talk to your future self you want to drop a quote if you want to drop like your social media handles for people to keep in touch uh you have the floor to do that um I think the last thing I would want to say would be for, you know, African, young Africans who are struggling with your mental health, like you're not alone, you know, like feel your feelings. I like to say feel your feelings. Feel your feelings because it is important to know how you're feeling. Don't hide in your room and cry because I did that and um, I regret that. Don't, don't wait, you know, don't wait until it's an emergency to, to get help, even though I was still in an okay place when I received therapy. So all those things um to like you know my future self um take it one step at a time because I tend to over 
Dings, dings, you know, because, you know, money, 21, I don't need to get ahead of myself. Right. So right, take right, it right. one step at a time. And, you know, to everyone listening, just spread peace and joy and love and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Man, I love your perspective to life. I just love your perspective to life. You know, talking about, you know, mentorship is good, but you also have to know what you want. It's okay to feel your feelings. You recognizing the fact that you're only 21 and don't want to be, you know, uh, pressured into, you know, wanting to achieve all these things and you just take things step by step. I love your perspective to life and you're definitely an inspiration. Uh, We will be putting, you know, some of your social media handles. I'm not sure if Clubhouse has a link uh, to add people up or something, I'm not sure. Yeah, like to but, follow people, I don't. I don't think they have but, that. But all my social media handles is oh, not all of them. I lied. On Instagram, on Instagram is at at Tracy Michael underscore underscore, and you could find me on somehow speaking my mind at Tracy five fourteen. Got it, got it. We'll definitely have those in the description as well. And thank you so much, Tracy. Uh, We really wish you all the best with all your endeavors. Enjoy the rest of the summer. I know the school year is about to start. Kick ass in school. And like I said, uh, if there's anything we can do from the Culture Class family, uh, let us know. It's been another episode of Culture Class Podcast. We had Tracy Michael on the podcast. I think we probably might name this episode. Uh, I thought about naming it Talking CP, but maybe we might name it Feel Your Feelings. I don't know. Like you decide. What do you think? I like that. Feel Your Feelings. There we go. We have an episode name. (laughs) So feel your feelings, it is. Thank you so much, Tracy. It's Culture Class Podcast. You can follow us everywhere on social media. Check out our website uh, at cultureclasspodcast.com. You might just be seeing some of the works that Tracy uh, might be doing in future on our blogs as well. Uh, But till next time, guys, be well.